Good day, educators. Welcome to Classroom Conversations, the platform for Georgia's teachers. This series is presented in partnership by the Georgia Department of Education and Georgia Public Broadcasting. I'm Ashley Mingwasser, and today I am sympathetically feeling the burn of teacher burnout. This is a time during which many teachers are leaving the profession, including those who felt called to teaching. Last year, a University of Georgia task force put out a teacher burnout report. Ooh, today we're on the trail of teacher tenure, which is much better. Because let it be known, burnout is recoverable. And that's the question of this podcast episode. How do we retain staff by building leadership capacity? Our principal guest can show us how to do this from his perspective, entering his 12th year as principal of Eastside High School in Newton County. By definition, principal can mean several things. One, first in order of importance. I think he'd agree with that. Second, the person with the highest authority in an organization or the leading representative, also true. Or third, a sum of money on which interest is paid. This guest pays an interest, all right, a different kind of interest. And he's the fearless leader of Eastside High School, where he began teaching in the 90s, people, with a surname spelled like the legendary goddess of pop, Cher. Please welcome Principal Jeff Chur. Hi, Jeff. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being here. Has anybody ever called you Principal Cher? Every day. Every day. All sorts of different names uh, and different pronunciations of my last name. But uh, uh, um, I have one economics teacher that calls me Principal Cher every day. And I say, you can call me Mr. Chur. It's okay. And uh, he wants (laughs) to put the principal there for some reason. He wants uh, to make you share. He's a great teacher. So I'll let him call me whatever he wants to call me. So you're not offended by this. Absolutely. You had a pretty, pretty cool background, Principal Chur. Uh, tell us about some of your maybe unusual jobs or dreams of your younger years. Um, well, uh, I grew up in middle Georgia uh, and uh, uh, had just different aspirations for, for what I wanted to do and really um, felt called to go into to education uh, to be a, a math teacher. And uh, I went to Georgia Southwestern State University and got my undergraduate degree and uh, um, got my first job at Eastside High School in Newton County. And, and, and growing up in middle Georgia, we didn't know where Newton County was, uh, but uh, <laughs> I had three goals, a goal of being a um, um, calculus teacher a goal of uh, being a football coach for an offensive line, and a goal of being a sponsor for, for a fellowship of Christian athletes. And in my third year of teaching, I accomplished those goals and then uh, took uh, my sights towards some, some different things in my career path, and that uh, led me into administration. You did all of that in your third year? By my third year, I'd accomplished those. Uh, but it, it was just a, a great place. It was a, a wonderful school uh, when I started in 1998 uh, that uh, was a, a great small-town community that met the needs of students. And uh, so I had a, amazing leadership and uh, models in terms of the principals, but also colleagues and teachers that were just very supportive of uh, the mistakes I'd make and, uh, <laughs> and the triumphs that we'd have to uh, do some good things for kids. Right. Well, so you don't escape due praise, Jeff. I, I want to point out to our audience that you were the school teacher Teacher of the Year in 2006, and also the County Teacher of the Year. That must have felt very affirming. Um, it, it, it was just a blessing. Uh, again, it, I'm, a, I'm the product of some amazing individuals that have invested in, in our school, in our community, in our students. And uh, I'm just uh, at times wise enough to take a look at what good people are doing and try to mimic and follow their lead. A humble leader through and through. Well, what do you perceive as your driving mission as the principal of Eastside High School? 
Uh, well, we begin each school day, and I tell our kids to uh, make the most of each opportunity to learn, grow, develop, and reach your fullest potential because there's no such thing as an unimportant person or an unimportant day. And I, 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 oh, I, I love that. I begin that every day to the point where uh, the kids uh, can recite it, but it really is trying to ingrain in them uh, that every individual has importance and significance and that every day is an opportunity to contribute and grow. And uh, it's also a little hidden message for my staff as well so that uh, they understand the consistency of what our job is to do, uh, it, which is to, to churn out graduates that uh, can add to our community as citizens that we're proud of. I want to make sure our listeners have a chance to write that down. There's no such thing as an unimportant person and no such thing as an unimportant day. Correct. Yes, attributed ma'am. to Jeff Chur, spelled like chair. I'll never <laughs> forget. What is the multiplier on principal lives? Is, is it like dog lives? Is it like five to one because of the amount of rigorous work you have to do in a, in a school year? I, I'm not sure. I'm still going. This is uh, going to be year 12 for me. And uh, um, there are new things to learn. But also, uh, we're real proud of the team that we've uh, assembled at our school to serve our students. So, uh, I don't know. I'll let you know at the end of the, the career what, what the multiplier was. Please but, uh, do. Uh, but we're still excited about the opportunities that we have for us in this new year coming up. And that's one thing in the education world is we get to each year take a, a small uh, pause uh, while the kids are on vacation so that we can assess what we're doing and, and improve and enhance things and, and get better for the next following school year. Only a focused leader would refer to summer break as a small pause. <laughs> I really appreciate that about you. Are there any surprising facts about principals? I mean, do you have free time? Do you only hang out with other principals? Tell me everything. <laughs> well, uh, like most people, my, most of my free time is consumed with uh, my family, uh, rightfully so. And, and as they are the blessing and the motivating factor behind everything is to uh, to provide a good opportunity for them in life. Uh, and, but I, I get an opportunity once in a while to go out to the woods and jog a little bit. And walk and hike and uh, just uh, <laughs> reconnect with uh, nature when uh, the school building gets a, a little bit uh, tight and uh, a little claustrophobic. So you'll go and hike in the woods? Yes, yes, ma'am. That's very transcendental of you. We're going <laughs> to look at the literary approach. Well, we've got jokes for you, Principal Chur. Are you ready for a couple jokes? Go ahead. Okay. What do you get when you cross a middle school principal with a high school principal? <laughs> I don't know. What do you get? Don't do it. Principals don't like to be crossed. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, That's, good. About that That's one. good. One more and then we'll stop this madness. Um, who is a teacher's best friend in school? I don't know. Who's a teacher's best friend? The principal. Oh. Yeah. My brother's used that one on me in the Oh, past. really? He is. He's um, a nurse. And so uh, he <laughs> tries to find a, a good education joke to, to lend towards me at times. Oh, fantastic. So I'm sure your high schoolers aren't peddling this low-grade humor, are they? But you can take it back and just remind them that you're the teacher's best friend, the principal. Exactly. In exactly. case they forgot. Well, the mission, which you have chosen to accept, Jeff, is, is retaining teachers. You know, I really love the English language because detention, bad. Retention, good. Retaining water in the body, bad. Retaining teachers in the school system, good. High school principals, bad. Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding, Jeff. High school principals are good. And we're going to get an elite peek into all that you're doing and all the good you brought to Eastside. So in terms of our topic, can you first define for us what we mean by building leadership capacity? What does that mean? You know, I think building leadership capacity means that everyone has an opportunity to to make an impact where they're at uh, and for um, people to be cognizant that their actions make an impact on especially our students that are observing them and um, watching their actions so that they can make a positive impact on our students. Um, 
For me, especially, uh, capacity means the versatility to take our skill set as me, a principal, as well as my assistant principals, to meet the amazing, vast needs of our school and our students. Uh, we, we are small communities at, at a high school, especially, uh, where we are, are meeting the physical, emotional, mental, mm. and cognitive needs of our students. And, uh, and I, I can't do it alone. Our administrative can't, team cannot do it alone. Our teachers in the classroom cannot do it alone. But collectively, if we have a common vision and a, a, a good skill set pointed in a good direction, then we can accomplish some good things for kids. So collaboration is big. Unity is big. What important traits do you find that administrators need to address those needs that teachers have and why? Uh, well, the first thing is uh, you need to be motivated uh, yeah. to want to serve and not necessarily motivated to want to command. Uh, you, you need to be a servant that is looking after the needs of your staff uh, and being interested in who they are as individuals uh, and be able to be present, uh, to listen, and then to be responsive. Uh, because if I can make sure that my teacher is in a good position to provide instruction for our students, uh, then uh, we have a better opportunity of, of molding our students into graduates that we're proud of. Yeah. Let's say we have some aspiring principals out there listening to this podcast. What should they do and what should they avoid on the path to your profession? Uh, well, we, we talk in education a lot about being lifelong learners, that uh, we want our teachers to be lifelong learners and our leaders. But but there's so much truth in that, in that um, we you've got to, as an aspiring principal, you've got to learn all the facets of education, of school, and of operations, and, and of, of students, because we're in a dynamic environment, technology's changing, our students are changing, and um, so you never stop learning and acquiring new skills, never stop um refining your understanding of what is effective for students. Uh, what to avoid and in going into uh, into leadership is uh, um, make sure when you commit to, to go into a leadership that, that you're ready to serve because it can take on a variety of, of different roles. I remember um, one principal that I, I began working under as assistant principal, um, there was water backing up into a pipe in the building that needed to get uh, removed uh, because it was for some reason in a electric technical area and oh he boy. was taking a bucket and, and, and removing it out and he just looked at me and said you got to do whatever it takes you go wow. take care of the kids I'm gonna take care of this situation and uh, that left an imprint on me uh, he's now a superintendent and uh, just a, a amazing mentor for me of course he is does he still have the bucket <laughs> no, he 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 hasn't kicked the bucket. Oh, but thank he, you. But he there still we has go. The First bucket. pun of the episode. Well done, Jeff. On on UGA's uh, teacher burnout report, which is very robust, I know you know it well. For what reasons are we finding teachers walking away from the classroom? So uh, the, our administrative team looked at that report, and our school system looked at that report when it came out, uh, and it, it really outlined um, some some key factors for burnout. Uh, assessment. Some people call it high stakes testing. Uh, assessment was one factor. Preserving and protecting time for teachers. Interesting. Um, pressure and unrealistic expectations of the job. Uh, teacher voice and professional growth. And, uh, and, and finally, just overall mental health and wellness. So that's a multi-pronged approach you've got to have to go in there and build capacity around those things. What symptoms do you see when burnout is just beginning? Is it something you can spot just with your experience? Uh, for me, I, I really notice it in, in, in almost a communication uh, issue that teachers may start having with colleagues or with students. It's wow. almost like an irritability that you can just tell there's something wrong. Because, But most good teachers are, feel called to go into the profession and want to do a good job for students and want to be able to impact 
lives in a positive manner. So when, when issues of communication start arising, that's usually an early symptom that there's an underlying stress that needs to be attended to. And, 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 and frankly, from that UGA report, that there is a lot of, of, of reason to think that some of those causes are the root reasons why teachers begin to experience that burnout. Yeah, they're, they're, they have that inner turmoil that they're dealing with, and it's going to come out in some way. What do you think teachers need the most right now? Um, well, I, the first thing is, I, and I actually chatted with some of my teachers uh, in our, our post planning talking about um, what they need the most. And, and for them, um, they like stability, um, yes. st- stability in leadership, stability in expectations, um, that uh, they know what is expected of them and that they um, have just an awareness of, of their parameters. Um, and they want to be treated as professionals, yeah. um, that they want to uh, people to understand that uh, they're coming to work every day as trained professionals trying to do their very best. And the commodity that we operate in is, is children which is the most prized possession of, of people. Uh, of is society, their yeah. Right. That, that's our future right there. What does burnout look like at, at Eastside, or how have you been able to lead your teachers to build a supportive, positive school climate? Uh, so burnout, you know, and there's a lot of ways you can see it, uh, that, that communication um, issue that I saw I mentioned earlier. Uh, also, absenteeism. If you start noticing a teacher that's out or, or late to work, then you, you realize there's something else that's probably impacting that teacher. Uh, we really, at our school, try to make sure that they have a multi-layered approach to supporting one another. Uh, yeah. It begins with our, our teachers in our school being a true professional learning community, where we're a, a community of learners that focuses on student learning above anything else, uh, that we focus on um, collaborating together and taking collective responsibility of student uh, results, and then finally focusing on results. And all of that I wish I could say I came up with, but that is by <laughs> the uh, Solution Tree folks, uh, uh, some of the experts in education, that, um, that, that allow for colla- teachers being able to collaborate together and be better together. And, and from that, what we've seen that while that's a professional benefit in the work they provide to students, uh, there's also an emotional and um, a social benefit in that they're not isolated and they don't feel like they're in it by themselves. Right. They're part of a network and that support can kind of buoy buoy them up in the tough times by trade as a principal, by your very character, which we've heard so much about. And then just your sheer charisma, Jeff, you're able to flip the script. You have a lot of power in your school system. I'm sure you've kept a couple of teachers from walking away from the profession. Let's consider this the story time piece of our episode today. Can you talk about a time when you were able to support a, a teacher's decision to actually stay and education. Uh, I've got a, a, a one teacher that um, uh, new to the profession and 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 came into the profession right at the um, height of the pandemic. Um, and and imagine that. Imagine going through college during oh, the pandemic. Oh gosh, it gives me so much stress just thinking about that. And then getting your first job in education. And and when you talk about a lack of consistency, that that was the hardest top part of that. It was a lack of consistency and trying to improve things. But uh, for that teacher, um, we, we identified early on that this was going to be an issue that, that that teacher may have some difficulty staying in the profession yeah. and questioning what they uh, wanted to do. So um, we, we just decided that as a, a department uh, of teachers that we were going to rally together and wow. we were going to collaborate together and make sure everybody was going to make it through each day together. And then as a leadership team of the school, the administrators, uh, a commitment to know our teachers beyond just their name and their room number, but to know who they are and um, as and people as people and so that we can um, help support them in whatever needs arrive. 
Did that teacher come to you with those concerns, or did you seek this teacher out? Well, and that's what I find with teachers is that they, they'll come to you as a principal, but they're also that means that they've already gone to some colleagues, ah. they've gone to a department chair, and they've gone to an uh, assistant principal. And if the, the vision's common for all those people, if the idea and the expectation of supporting and collaborating together is common with all those individuals, and that message continues to resonate, then it provides the consistency. And each teacher thinks, well, maybe today wasn't the best day, right. but I'll be back tomorrow. Tomorrow and, and tomorrow will be better. Yeah, because the good days are the bridges that keep you going. Absolutely. And you, when you're able to look around and see your principal and your peers behind you, I'm sure that that's, that adds to the stamina. Well, for our teachers who are listening, what strategies do you have that can help them build capacity to grow in this awesome profession? Uh, well, I, for me, um, I, I emphasize three things to our entire staff with every interview um, and and throughout the school year. But uh, we are looking for staff members that are ready for hard work, continual growth, and a deep love of students. Um, and that, that goes beyond even teachers. That's our secretaries, our counselors, our administrators. Uh, it is hard work. Uh, working in the school is, is not easy. There's, there's work to do. Um, and uh, continual growth means that there's not a single person, principal included, that has all the answers, but that we need to grow and get better each day. But finally and ultimately, we're motivated by loving our students. I um, love that third piece. And uh, that we are there to provide a nurturing, safe environment for them so they can flourish and, and reach their uh, self-actualization, ideally. Yeah. You run a beautiful ship there, Jeff. I'm very proud. What is your advice to administrators listening, whether they're new or returning leadership, and they want to build a climate that is conducive to this teacher tenure, to teachers <laughs> who stay? What is your advice to them? Uh, well, I may have mentioned it earlier, but... but You've got to be present. Uh, As the leader, you have got to be present, but your presence, just the mere image, shows that there's importance and value in what's happening. Uh, You've got to to listen. Uh, And so many times in in education or in in other uh, venues, uh, the the boss is the one giving dictates and commands, but not necessarily listening to the staff. Um, And so for me, I think you've got to be present, you've got to listen, and then finally got to be responsive so that they know that they are valued to not only speak, but their perspective and that their um, thoughts have value that is going to transform and make the environment better for students, better for staff, and ultimately better for our community. You've just described how important listening to teachers is. I know that's a big value for you. What about those teachers who aren't as forthcoming to come to you and be vulnerable with what they're going through? How do you engage with them and solicit their feedback? So our, our school system utilizes um, a survey uh, feature that um, it goes out to our staff and all the staff, uh, all the teachers at the different schools. Um, it's an anonymous survey that provides questions that really attend to teacher burnout as well as uh, ways that school systems can uh, respond to to teachers' compensation and different, different climate culture uh, questions. And so we as a school uh, take the results of those uh, surveys in the fall and, and really as a leadership team look at the results and begin to try to attend to the needs of our teachers that are anonymously provided um, so that we can be responsible to them and not just say that we're listening, but that we are also actionably responding to their um, cries for for needing more time protection in terms of planning period or or, um, other means. And then look at the results of a a second follow-up survey in May uh, that uh, allows our teachers to to communicate whether we've been successful in attending to their, their needs. 
You are relentlessly dedicated to your, the educators in your school, Jeff. I can just tell based on everything you've told us. And you show them that they have support in you. you you've taught all teachers to rally around each other, as you've told us, so that they have peer support. Does that support for educators come from only within the four walls of the school, or does it ever come from outside? Well, as a high school, we, we benefit from having a community, a community of parents and, and uh, business uh, individuals that are there. And they want to see schools successful. They want to see their schools as safe. They want to see their schools as effectively producing graduates. Uh, so for me as a principal, I, I feel it's incumbent upon me to make sure I'm communicating often, uh, often through a variety of means with our, our parents and our community members to provide them information about what is happening at the school and what will happen. Um, for one, it's so positive to spotlight our school students and spotlight our teachers. Uh, number two, it gives uh, parents an opportunity to trust that there is activity going <laughs> Something on is actually happening. <laughs> at the school that's a benefit and worthwhile. And then finally, three, it also just uh, builds trust that the individual classroom teachers are in a location uh, that is committed to the welfare of their children. So if there are ever in con uh, concerns or, or difficulties in a specific classroom, there's an overarching trust that uh, the school's vision and mission is active and it is for the benefit of the students. I bet some recognition goes a long way for educators who do so much. How do you recognize your teacher leaders in the school? Uh, well, uh, we, we do so intentionally and, uh, and, and we do so in a manner that, that crosses, again, a variety of different ways. Uh, public recognition is one thing. We celebrate the work of our professional learning community that as teacher collaborative teams work together and we publicly recognize them very specifically for their uh, development of a common assessment, their results of, of student learning that is improved, uh, their identification of essential standards. And we do that corporately and I give out a, a little uh, trinket that um, has an eagle on it and uh, my, my guiding coalition said don't just give out the trinket little medallion with the eagle but also put it in a nice box so we we put it in a nice little box and present it to those individuals but then also we, we're we're one-on-one -on -one with our recognition and appreciation of our teachers where it's a text message it's a, a small note on a desk maybe it's their favorite soft drink or candy um, that um, that just commends them for a job well done all of that if it is intentional and consistent leads to opportunities for leadership for them in the future because they know that going out and being a leader requires a degree of risk and degree of responsibility over and above their, their basic paycheck. And uh, good people are not going to do that unless they feel that they will be supported and uh, feel that there's an opportunity for success. And uh, if we're celebrating the, the, the normal um, activities that they are doing as teachers, then they know that we're going to support their leadership where they're taking responsibility and ownership of the results of, of whatever program or student activity that's going. This just popped in my head, Jeff. Do teachers bring their principal's offerings? Do you have like a drawer with your favorite candies that your teachers bring you? <laughs> I, th there are many, many times the, the teachers know the combination of uh, Mountain Dew and or Kit Kat <laughs> that will uh, appear on my desk. And uh, 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 and it's just small little things that gestures like that that are, are mean a lot for me as a principal and uh, also motivate me to, to keep going and, and to reciprocate and, and make sure our staff feels like they are themselves loved and appreciated each and every day.
Well, Mountain Dew and Kit Kat, that'll give you just all the good energy in the world. So now I know your secret. I wish I knew that before, Jeff. I could have put it in your writer for this episode so we can have it for you. Thank you so much for being here. And I think Cher should consider paying royalties on your name because she may be the goddess of pop, but you are the god of principles, Jeff. Oh, I, I don't know about that, but we well, are. I'm calling it. So yeah. we'll pass that one on. Thank you for being here. Thank you. To our educator listening who just can't even right now, think of Principal Cher's principles and do all all the things that begin with re, reset, recenter, relax, rejuvenate. And remember, you're a great teacher and a great leader. Education in Georgia, students' lives just wouldn't be the same without you. Keep tuning in to Classroom Conversations as your place to share and learn. We've got your back. And we'll be just that back next week with another fabulous episode of Teacher Talk. I'm Ashley. Goodbye for now. Funding for Classroom Conversations is made possible through the School Climate Transformation Grant. 